following message is a presentation of Valley Metro Church, a community of believers dedicated to knowing God and making Him known. Wow. Well, first I wanted to say thank you to the amazing worship team. Yes, yes, yes. And I also want to say thank you to my amazing husband, whom I do not deserve, back there. Could not make it one minute without him. So I love you. Thank you. But you know what? As I saw you coming in, I said, oh my goodness, these women are exquisite. They are, God, you made these women. I mean, men are okay. I mean, I mean, you, honey, are amazing. But men are okay. But then I look at the uniqueness of every single one of you. And what's so amazing, as unique as, our, as an individual as we look, our lives, our stories, they're all different. And I look and I know each and every one of you have had pain and have had victory. And my only sorrow, honestly, is that I can't sit down with each of you and hear yours. Because you have an amazing testimony of what God has done in your life, or you're going to have an amazing testimony soon if you don't have one already. But I wanted to just um, tell you, one of my favorite, women are, are so incredible, and sometimes I laugh so hard just, and, and I ask permission for my husband to share this. This is my favorite Facebook post I've ever seen. There's a woman dragging her son to school, I guess, and she's got on a beanie. And the caption says, woman has breast cancer. And then the next frame, there's a picture of a man, and he's got a thermometer, and he's in the bed, and he's shivering, and it says, man has cold. <laughs> the amazing, and he said that was okay to share, because he agreed with it. So just, just so you know, I did okay that. Um, but, you know, women are absolutely incredible. Robin Williams said this. He said, if, if, the, if, if the world were, ran, were, were run by women, we wouldn't have wars. We would just have intense negotiations every 28 days, right? <laughs> right? Come to Jesus meeting. So Eleanor Roosevelt said, a woman is like a tea bag. You can't tell how strong she is until you put her in hot water. <laughs> and you know what? It's true. Women are incredible. We can cry at a Hallmark commercial, but you mess with our kids or somebody we love, and you are going to see a pit bull in action, right? I mean, that's amazing about women. I love it. I love it. But I have to say from a man's perspective, one, one man said, women don't want to hear what you think. They want to hear what they think in a deeper voice. I like that. I'm like, I can't argue with that. Okay. All right. And one man said, oh, women, the highs are higher and the lows are more frequent. So we understand that. We understand that. But as we sit here, I just wonder, like, what Christmas means to you? I don't know where you, how, how your Christmases have been, or what, is Christmas a lot of stress? Or do you have wonderful childhood memories of Christmas and, and, and just, and people? Or is it, is it a bunch of pain? Is it pain and disappointment and unmet expectations? And I don't know about you, but my heart goes back to the very first Christmas, the reason that we even have Christmas. And so I want to give you a little history on Christmas. Some of you may know this. But first of all, Israel, the Jewish people were God's chosen people. And he gave them laws to keep them set apart and holy, to protect them, not to make them just like rules, not just like he did for us. But 
he, he, he wanted to protect them. And they didn't obey him, and they didn't obey him. And so he set up a sacrificial system and to where blood had to be atoned for the sin because sin is serious. And so he set up the system, and guess what? They still disobeyed. And so he tried. And then he, God decided he was going to send a Messiah. And there were over 300 prophecies regarding this Messiah. So fast forward, uh, fast forward 2,000 years, a baby is born. And it's seemingly insignificant conditions, much like in a manger, um, dirty, not, not extraordinary, not glitzy, not beautiful. But this one man changed history forever. In fact, he changed our calendar. And so you may be sitting there, and already walls may be going up, and you may be thinking, well, that's good for you. That's what you, that's what you believe. But I want to tell you, there is no historian that has ever denied the existence and deity of Christ who's really looked into it. There's um, Lee Strobel, who was a Yale-educated, award-winning um, journalist. He w- set out to prove, disprove the deity of Christ. So did um, there's a Sir Lionel Luck, who was a, a famous British attorney, set out to disprove Jesus. Also, um, uh, one of the har- founders of Harvard... Um, what is his name? Um, I'll tell you in a minute. Um, set out, oh, Simon Greenleaf, he's a founder of Harvard. He set out to disprove the deity of Christ. All eventually become Christians. So I want to tell you that, that, that historically, Jesus was born. There's no doubt about it. This is not something that is um, up, up for debate. He was, and, and like I said, there were over 300 prophecies. Now, if you don't know this, the Bible is not one book. So it's not just a good idea of... of, of, This is 66 books written by 40 different authors authors over thousands of years. This is not one man's good idea. This isn't one man's revelation. This is God-breathed scripture. It was prophesied that um, that the Messiah would come 700... And he would be born in Bethlehem 700 years before he was ever born. So... What does that look like? Why does that matter? Here's why it matters. There's a, a book called What Are the Odds Are? And it's probabilities of, of what would happen. Say how, many, how often, I mean, how, what your chances are, the stats on you getting struck by lightning. They're 1 in 9,100 if you're worrying. Okay? So um, the average person eats out somewhere every single day. One, one in two people eat out every single day. That is not me, I have to say. Okay, and one in 20 at McDonald's. Scarier than being struck by lightning. Okay, and, um, and then the odds of getting attacked in Washington, D.C., in case you're thinking of moving, are one in, one in 1,600. That's scary. Okay, moving on. But, so what are the odds of this one man being able to fulfill only eight of the 60 major prophecies? Okay, you ready? One in 100 quadrillion. Okay? One in 10 to the 17th power. So what in the world does that look like? If you were to fill up the great state of Texas with silver dollars and mark one of them, if you were to fill it up two feet deep and you were to set a man out in the greatest city of Dallas, sorry, some bias in there, um, and you blindfolded him, 
There's silver dollars two feet deep in the, deep in the great state of Texas, right? You got a picture of it? Set the man in Dallas, blindfold him, and he walks out. What are the chances that he picks up the one marked coin? One and 100 quadrillion. That's the chance that Jesus is not the Messiah. So if you are a betting girl, it's time to change your ideas. So I don't know about you, but I just believe that we need to know that Jesus is real. Jesus is not a good idea. Jesus is not a club. Jesus is not a crutch. Jesus is the Messiah, the Savior of the world. He came to make a way for you and I. And I don't know where you've been. Um, I want to tell you just a a brief moment about my testimony. As a child, I was attacked by a dog. My parents got divorced when I was 14. I made horrible decisions as a teenager and in my 20s. I I was abducted as a 17-year-old girl. Somebody attempted to murder me. I've, I've been lied to, cheated on, abused, you know, every single thing in the world. And I've probably done most of that myself. So I am nobody special. I am here to tell you, but Jesus took my life, and I can stand here and tell you with all honesty, I am a free woman. I am free. I am free. Not because of anything that I have done on my own, but because God of the universe loved me enough to come down and send his son and lay his life down, say, she's not going to be able to get it. I will do it for her. And he looks at every single one of us and he says, you're not going to do it. I'm sending my son. Jesus is not a book of rules. Jesus said, I did not come to judge. I came to give grace. How many of us need grace in this room today? Yes, yes. So I just thought I would share my testimony in a T-Mobile commercial. Do we have that? (laughs) And I'll explain why. Blood. Blood. What in the world? First of all, it's my favorite commercial, so I just had to pull it in there. But what in the world did that have to do? Isn't that how we are? We go, I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. Oh, there's the sin. Ah! And you try to find a place in your heart that's not already cut. And you know, that's how we are without Jesus. But I am here to tell you that Jesus came to set the captives free. He, Jesus' life is a message of hope. It's a message to say, you don't have to figure it out. You don't have to clean yourself up. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus' life is a message of freedom. Isaiah 61, and Luke, and Jesus said it himself in Luke, when he was reading the scrolls, he said, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. A few years ago, I had a, I had a vision, and it was a woman sitting in a, in a jail cell. And as I looked closer... I saw this woman in the jail cell, but the door was open. And I said, Lord, what does this mean? 
And he said, there's many women still sitting in the cell, and they don't know that I died for them. I died to set them free. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Are you kidding me? I am not the liar cheater that I used to be. I am not the, the, the girl, the insecure girl. I, have a new, I am a new creation. We can all walk as new creations. We have but one enemy that doesn't want you to be a new creation. And, but God is saying, no, I paid the way. You are free. You are absolutely free. Jesus' message is a call to faith. And this is where it is. Jesus doesn't want you to try. I'm going to try to be better. I'm going to try to do good. I'm going to try to go to church in the new year. I'm going to try to go to Bible study. That sounds like it might be fun. Um, Jesus calls you to believe. It says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He's calling you to his heart. And I don't know where you've been or what you've been through, but I guarantee you there's not a one of us that has, if we were to take a survey in this room, there's somebody's been through something similar. And Jesus says, it's okay. I want you to live forward. You are not a product of your past. You're not a product of your parents. You're not a product of your financial situation. You are not a product of your thoughts. You are only, you can be a new creation in Christ Jesus. And that's the invitation. But it takes faith. It takes faith to say yes to Jesus. It takes faith to let go of the past. Some of us want to drag around our past and we tell every single person we can get a hold of. And I want to tell you, Jesus paid for that and he wants to free you of that and he wants you to leave that behind. He's got it. It's time for us to do some forward living. It's time. It's time. It takes faith to trust. You know, there was a little girl who her father gave her these fake pearls and she was so happy with the pearls and she would wear them all the time. And, and, and one night he said, Honey, I need you to do something for me. I need you to give me back those fake pearls. And she's like, oh, Daddy, I can't. I love these pearls. These pearls are everything. And he said, I want you to give them back to me and just trust me. The next night was Christmas Eve. And she said, I can't. She went to bed. She got back up out of bed. She came in there and she said, Daddy, here's my pearls. The next morning she woke up and she had real pearls. Our daddy wants to give us real pearls. Some of us have been surviving on fake pearls, holding on, making, hoping they would change. And God says, no, I'm on an ex- he gives the exchanged life. He, he wants to give you a new life. And a, a Jesus' life is a call to action. It's a call to action. Isaiah 60 says, rise up and shine, for your light has come. The shining greatness of the Lord rises upon you. For see, darkness will cover the earth. How many of us see darkness covering the earth? Okay, but here's the promise. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his shining greatness will be seen upon you. Evil prevails when we're distracted. We are called to shine. You aren't called to be me. Bless your heart. Thank the Lord, huh? And then I'm not called to be you. We're all called to be individual. But we have a call just like Casey and Vicki and, and Betsy and Lisa. We all have calls in our life. And it's time for us to rise up into to who God created us to be. Juneteenth is a, um, a celebration. It's, it's the biggest known celebration commemorating the, the ending of slavery. And it was in 1865. 
um, that the, the, the slaves in Texas heard that they were free. Now, the only true atrocity to this is that they had been free for two and a half years. For two and a half years, they were slaves, and people kept messengers from telling them that. But I have to tell you, ladies, some of us have been slaves for 2,000 years, and we don't know. There's a liberator. There's a great liberator who has come, and he came to set the captives free. And there's only one enemy that's keeping this message from your soul and keeping you to accept. God is not asking you. Today is not about joining a church. It's not about, a, about joining a club. It's not about starting to follow new rules. It's about saying, Jesus, I want to get off the throne. And I want to move over. And I want to let you come into my life. I want you to move in my life. Jesus has a plan. He says, I know the plans I have for you. I have plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans of hope and a future. When I was in control, I was an actress, a raging success. No. (laughs) I was working in the film industry. It was crazy. It was nutty. And I got off the throne. And I can honestly tell you, I am more fulfilled than I ever could ever imagine. God has blessed my life and he continues to bless my life because of what he has done inside me, but also he's given me five amazing best friends that I call children. And they're, they're, and, and he's, he's given me an amazing man of God as a husband. He <coughs> changed everything. So in closing, I want to tell you, I asked God, I said, God, what what do you want me to tell them? And he said, tell them I love them. Just tell them I love them. And it's time for you to take that all the way in. It's time for you to know without a shadow of a doubt that the living God of the universe is calling you to his heart. Some of you have already said yes to Jesus, but you've always stayed on on the outskirts and you're afraid, a little bit afraid. What does it mean? What does it mean? You know what? If, we had, if I had the cure to cancer, I'd shout it from the rooftops because I don't want to see people suffer. But I have the cure to spiritual cancer, and that is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And you may be sitting there and thinking, you know what? You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've done. And so I've asked a few of my friends to come and just to share their testimonies so, we'll, so that you can see that we are just like you. That was beautiful. Thank you, ladies. There was a little girl, a girl from a small town. Her father was a pastor. And she rebelled in every way she knew how. She embarrassed him. She embarrassed her family. She was promiscuous. She one day decided she was leaving home. She took the offering with her. She took all her dad's credit cards, all his money. And she left town. Broke her parents' heart. 
One day, a few years later, she came to her senses, and she said, what in the world have I done? And so she said, you know what? I'm going to write my daddy a letter, and I'm going to tell him I'm sorry and ask him just for his forgiveness. And then she thought, you know what? I'm going to take the bus through town. Maybe he'll just he'll see me. He'll, he'll want to see me. So she wrote the letter to her father, and she said, you know, Daddy, if, if you want to see me, would you just tie a red bow on the bus stop? And, and, and if there's no bow, Daddy, I understand. So she rides into town. On the way, she meets a girl, and she tells the girl her story. And as she's getting closer and closer to her hometown, she's getting more and more butterflies, and she's terrified. And she says, you know what? There's no way I can look up. So do me a favor. Would you do me a favor, and would you look up and see if there's a red bow anywhere on the, on this, the bus sign? The girl said, sure. As she knew she was approaching town, in the end of the town, she put her head down. She was shaking. She heard the girl begin to cry. And she said, okay, I can't stand it anymore. As they were pulling into the bus station about to stop, she said, tell me, tell me, is there a red ribbon? And the girl said, no. There are red ribbons all over the bus station. And there's a man jumping up and down, waving a red ribbon, shouting your name. And that's where God is. God is jumping up and down, shouting your name with his son. He's calling you to his heart. He has a call. Each and every one of you have a unique purpose, and God has a plan for your life. It doesn't matter how old you are, how much money you do or don't have. It doesn't matter what your situation. So I want to bow your heads. If you feel God calling on you today, if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and you want to say yes to him, I'm ready for a change, Lord. I don't know what that looks like, but I'm ready. I'm going to pray. Lord God, we come to you. Thank you for these beautiful, amazing, fabulous women. Lord, I just hear your call. You are giving them permission to be fabulously who you created them to be. Lord, you want to break off baggage and and heal the broken heart. You want these women to step out of the prison cell of life and to say, I will follow you. I pray just as every eye closed and every head bowed, if that's you, if God is calling for you today. Will you raise your hand? I see you. Bless you. Bless you. Yes. Yes. And if you're in a place where you say, you know what? I want to change. I, I want to I just get real serious now with God. And I want to rededicate my heart to you, Lord. I've strayed. I've wandered. I've kind of been playing a game or tried to do it my own way. If that's you, would you raise your hand? This has been a presentation of Valley Metro Church. To hear more messages or to support future podcasts, please visit valleymetrochurch.com.